He will later become known for his unorthodox methods, but the talented Jedi Master known as Qui-Gon Jinn was not always this way. Before meeting the Chosen One and setting into motion events that would change the galaxy forever, Jinn was a teacher who struggled with his own abilities and views before he would come to challenge even the will of the Council, and instead follow the will of the Force. You are listening to the Star Lore's Podcast. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Why you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder? But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Aspiring Paragon Qui-Gon Jinn was born on an unnamed terrestrial planet, identified as a powerful force user and taken by the Jedi at the very young age of only six months, to be raised at the temple on Coruscant. While he was unable to form attachments to his birth family or native world, Jin had been aware of the planet and even visited it at age 13, where he acquired a force stone from the River of Light, a keepsake he would hold for many decades. On Coruscant, Jin became enamored with the big city and vowed to explore it from its spires to its depths. Although his feelings towards the Ecumenopolis uh, would change with time as he was introduced to its government buildings and bureaucracy, Jin would lament the loss of the natural beauty of the world and reject the artificiality of what Coruscant had become. As a young student, he showed great promise, but also disregard for the rules. At only eight years old, he formed a close friendship with fellow Jedi trainee named Tal, who he had met while evading his meditation class, going swimming instead. Tal and Jin, despite their close friendships, were not afraid to argue either, and unlike a Jedi, would go so far as to engage in physical altercations when they disagreed. Tal, for her part, was also a promising Jedi student, which led to a competitive rivalry within their friendship and stirred romantic feelings between them. Kli Rahra was another friend and contemporary student with Jin and became close friends with Tal as well. The trio would grow together as they matured, soon becoming Padawans after showcasing their abilities to prospective masters during an exhibition day tournament. Beating Tal in the final duel and winning the lightsaber competition against his peers, he was noticed by Jedi Knight Dooku, who ambitiously sought to transcend even Master Yoda as the greatest Jedi. Dooku, sensing great potential in Jin, offered to take him on as a student despite Dooku's own youth being barely past 20 years old himself. Dooku was a distant teacher. Jin felt that he was outspoken and unconventional and thought to teach his own Padawans differently one day, as he often felt intimidated by his master. It was from Dooku that Jin would first learn about the ancient order of the Willis a powerful and mysterious order of beings with deep connections to the Force. Teacher and Student Jin would accompany his master on many missions, often to the Outer Rim, and Qui-Gon would be exposed to and learn about people and groups outside of the sheltered existence of the Jedi. 
such as becoming acquainted with the seedy underworld of Coruscant and other non-Jedi force-using groups like the Kurthoses and the Botine. Jin would learn much from his master, but had an uneasy relationship with him. On a protection mission for a Republic senator, the party failed to stop his abduction by a pirate. Jin, naive, but willing to take a risk to help what he thought was the senator's young daughter, was lured into a trap, despite Dooku's insistence that it might be. For his part, Dooku discovered the identity of the senator's kidnapper, but chose not to tell his apprentice or report the incident to the Jedi Council, as standard Jedi procedure dictated, embarrassed by his own failure and having a personal vendetta against the pirate. Dooku was driven to rectify the situation himself. Jin could sense anger and frustration brewing in his master, but the two Jedi set out to save the senator. Qui-Gon again would lead the, with compassion while his master was preoccupied with the, their missions of finding the pirate, ignoring the plight of a group of slave children they had encountered during their pursuit. And at least Jin was able to talk to his master down from a confrontation that put the children's lives at risk, which led to the Jedi's own capture. While in captivity, Dooku revealed that the pirate had been a former friend and rival of his at the Jedi Temple, a failed trainee turned pirate criminal, Lorian Nod. The mission culminated in a lightsaber duel between Dooku and Nod, where Qui-Gon witnessed his master grow more and more angry while fighting his old rival. Dooku ignored his Padawan, who was still captured during his duel, becoming single-minded in his pursuit for his enemy. Winning the duel, but just barely being stopped from delivering a killing blow by his apprentice, Dooku and Jin took the pirate and the senator who had feigned his kidnapping into custody and handed them over to the Republic. The mission was so caustic to the Jedi pair that they did not say a single word to one another on the trip back. Dooku finally breaking the silence with a lesson for his Padawan. One day, his friends would inevitably betray him, as Lorian Nod had betrayed Dooku. In the distant future, Jin and Dooku embarked on their ultimate mission as Master and Apprentice, a grueling and perilous two-year endeavor. As they warily returned to the Jedi Temple, Jin stood on the brink of undergoing his Jedi trials. At the landing platform, Tal warmly greeted Jin, and their friendly embrace vexed Dooku, who had long forsaken the belief in genuine camaraderie. As they strolled together toward the Jedi Council, Dooku praised Jin as being an exceptional Padawan, but pointed out a significant flaw, Jin's unwavering trust and connection to others. Dooku reminded Jin that ultimately he would stand alone, and betrayal was an inescapable reality. Around 72 BBY, Jin achieved the rank of Jedi Knight. Following the knighting ceremony, he retained his Padawan braid, safeguarding it alongside his copy of the Jedi Path, a book Dooku had given him. Although he ceased adding notes to the guide, he vowed to preserve it for future generations, for his own future apprentice. Tal, too, ascended to the rank of Jedi Knight, but their duties kept them apart for many years, with only word of each other's promotions reaching their ears. After his knighting, Jin maintained minimal contact with Dooku, regarding their past connection solely as that of a master and Padawan. While he respected Dooku's training, he resisted his master's ultimate lesson, choosing not to live a cynical life devoid of trust and friendship. Student and Teacher Qui-Gon would be a busy knight going on various missions across the galaxy until Yoda suggested it was time he take on a student of his own. Jin opted for a patient approach, choosing to reflect on his decision while undertaking solo missions for the Order. During his travels around 66 BBY, he stumbled upon a three-year-old Force-sensitive boy from Telos IV, named Xanatos, the son of the planet's wealthiest man, Cryon. Jin conducted a midichloria account on the boy, revealing the child's potent connection to the Force. Despite his reluct reluctance, Cryon consented to let his son undergo Jedi training, 
Jin, after some hesitation, brought Xantos to the Jedi Temple. The boy displayed remarkable promise as a student, but his headstrong nature and ambition led to frequent conflicts with fellow trainees, raising concerns from Master Yoda. Qui-Gon, however, saw these flaws as passing phases of childhood. As time went on, Jin was drawn to Xanatos' creativity and technical aptitude, contemplating making him his Padawan. However, before a final decision, he embarked on one last mission, stopping on the barren world of Zekulai. While at a cafe, Jin witnessed an argument between a local Zeku and a human, who turned out to be Tal, engaged in a game of sabak. Tal accused Zeku of cheating, leading to a tense confrontation. Jin, cautious of disrupting Tal's mission, observed the situation unfold. She easily disarmed the Zeku, and, noticing Jin, joined him. They reminisced about the time at the temple, and he shared his contemplation about taking Xanatos as his apprentice. Tal cautioned him to weigh the decision carefully, believing that he and Xanatos might not be an ideal match. After their conversation, Tal resumed her mission and left the cafe. During Xanatos' training at the temple, Jin took on Fimor, a farmer's son, as his first Padawan. Jin successfully guided Fimor to become a Jedi Knight, earning himself the rank of Jedi Master. In due time, he accepted Xanatos as his second apprentice, investing several years in their training. They engaged in numerous missions, including taking on pirates and would-be warlord tyrants in the Outer Rim, missions alongside Tal, and a trip to Ilum, where Xanatos would claim rare and valuable Adegan crystals for Xanatos' lightsaber. Jin took immense pride in Xanatos' lightsaber skills and force mastery, which almost matched his own. He couldn't help but feel that Yoda's reservation about his apprentice were a subtle challenge to his judgment. Following their successful mission to stop the tyrant, Xanatos effortlessly passed preliminary Jedi tests, paving the way for his knighthood. During a training duel at the heart of the Jedi Temple, Xanatos and Jin were joined by Fimor, Jin's first Padawan. In a surprising turn, Xanatos outmaneuvered Jin, leading to a clash of egos and a need for Jin to reprimand his impulsive apprentice. After Fimor left, Tal arrived and informed them about their new mission to the Telos system, where Xanatos' homeworld, Telos IV, was on the brink of civil war. Accompanied by Tal and another Padawan, Orican Tamarik, Jin and Xanatos headed to Telos. While piloting their transport, Jin shared his concerns about the severity of the situation considering that the Council had sent two Masters for the mission. Tal revealed her purpose for joining the mission, hoping to find ancient Jedi Civil War-era holocrons on Telos. Qui-Gon, in turn, mentioned his heightened connection to the Force at significant Jedi historical sites, similar to Tal's experience. Upon reaching Telos, their transport was attacked, leading to a crash landing under assault from rebel forces. Qui-Gon and Tal defended themselves with lightsabers while Xanatos struggled due to his misplaced weapon. Cryon, Xanatos' father and Telos' governor, intervened, aiding the Jedi in defeating the attackers. After the skirmish, the governor welcomed them to Telos, stirring complex emotion in Xanatos. The insurgency and instability on the planet grew to hostility broke out into continued violence. This strained Jin's relationship with his Padawan, as he was forced to confront his personal connections to Telos while trying to navigate the dispute as a Jedi. Things came to a head when Xanatos' father 
Cryon was found to be directly responsible for inflaming the insurgency in hopes of pinning it on off-world interests and centralizing his own power over the world as governor. As the situation devolved into further violence, Qui-Gon was forced to kill Xanatos' father, who was threatening the life of Tal's apprentice, Tamarik. Filled with rage, Xanatos fell to the dark side and attacked his master. They dueled with their lightsabers, but the fight was soon joined by a crowd of rebels and citizens who broke into the palace after killing and capturing the guards and carried away Kryon's body as a bloody trophy. Just before this, however, the Padawan took his father's ring and burned his family crest into his own cheek before melting into the crowd of citizens and revolutionaries, suddenly disappearing. Jin was distraught over the loss of his Padawan, and the events of Telos neglecting to tell the council of what happened until much later. He also lied about Xanatos' ultimate fate, claiming the apprentice had died in the struggle. Qui-Gon, having had his lightsaber destroyed during the fight, would be sent a kyber crystal to, by the council to rebuild his lightsaber. The Jedi could not bring himself to return to the temple and elected to depart into space for a time to reflect on all that had happened. Secrets of the Divine Finally returning to the temple, Qui-Gon was overcome with grief and assumed responsibility of the failure of teaching Xanatos. It eventually came out to the council what had truly happened on Telos, and Yoda and other members of the council took great care to try to guide Qui-Gon through this difficult time. Jin swore never to take on a new apprentice, though he would visit the temple year after year to see the new recruits, but always left alone. He would occasionally accompany other Jedi Knights and Masters, along with his friend Tal, on various missions, but still held to his belief that Xanatos was his failure, and that he would not repeat such a mistake. During his many missions for the Jedi, Jin crossed paths with several dissident Jedi groups. Among them was the Potentium, a controversial sect of Force users founded by the former Jedi trainee Leor Hal. This group believed that the Force was inherently good and that the morality of an action depended on the intent behind it rather than the action itself. Jin, along with the senior Jedi Council member, Corrin, and Jedi Master Mace Windu, encountered a faction of Potentium followers at some point before 44 BBY. Another faction known to Jin was led by Jedi Master Jin Altis, a maverick Jedi who headed a splinter group that diverged from some of the Jedi Order's stringent principles. Yaltizen Jedi were permitted to engage in romantic relationships, marry, and even have children. Additionally, members of this faction were not restricted to having only one Padawan and could mentor multiple apprentices simultaneously. On one occasion, Jin met with Masters Dooku, Jocasta Nu, and Sifo Diaz to negotiate with Damask Holdings CEO Higo Damask, unbeknownst to the group, the heir of the Sith who had been subtly causing strife in the Outer Rim through his corporate dealings. Jin noted Damask's name come up during various seemingly unconnected incidences. However, he did not pursue the matter further, with Damask deflecting his concerns by pretending to be trying to bring the Outer Rim into the modern age and claiming that disruptions would be inevitable. Qui-Gon's lack of a pupil allowed him much time for introspection, meditation, and the study of the Force. This ultimately led him to a mysterious planet at the center of the galaxy, and the supposed origin of all life and metachlorians. Around this time, Jin had also started to unravel the secrets of manifesting one's consciousness after death. On the Force planet, in that mystical realm, Jin encountered five Force priestesses, entities who had preserved their consciousnesses even after death. The priestesses represented serenity, joy, anger, confusion, and sadness. From them, he discovered the profound truth 
at the life force of living beings transcended into the living force upon death, eventually merging with the cosmic force to become one with the entirety of the force itself. This intricate connection between the living force and cosmic force allowed individuals to maintain their awareness and manifest in a physical form after death. The Force Priestesses recognized Jin's worthiness to grasp the secrets of eternal life, and in secrecy, he embarked on his training to fully unlock these mysteries. To deepen his understanding of this ancient art, Jin sought guidance from a shaman of the wills. Under his mentor's tutelage, he learned that achieving eternal consciousness demanded absolute selflessness, a profound lesson that furthered his mastery of this enigmatic knowledge. A new beginning. In 44 BBY, Supreme Chancellor Kalpana assigned Jin a mission on the planet Bandomir. The details were kept secret, emphasizing Qui-Gon's personal involvement. Before departing, he observed a training tournament at the Jedi Temple, as was his annual custom, where he witnessed a fierce duel between two young boys. Brook Chun and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi emerged victorious, but displayed an aggressive fighting style that raised Jin's concern. After the duel, Kenobi approached the master, desperate to become his Padawan before his impending transfer to the Agricultural Corps, seen as a mark of failure among Jedi trainees, as he was soon to age out without being chosen by a master for further training. Qui-Gon, however, refused to train the young Kenobi, fearing his talent, latent anger, and the risk of turning to the dark side. Despite Kenobi's plea, Jin left, troubled by the boy's despairing expression. Seeking solace in the temple's map room, he was interrupted by Yoda. The Grand Master was aware of the situation suggested that Jin should have considered taking Kenobi as his apprentice. Unwilling to discuss the matter, Jin stated he might consider a Padawan next year. However, Yoda revealed that Kenobi has also been assigned to Bandamir, now working as a farmer. Although surprised, Qui-Gon suspected the old master of manipulating such coincidences. However, Yoda assured Jin that it may simply be the will of the Force. Despite not being a master and apprentice, circumstances forced Kenobi and Jin to work together while aboard a ship on, their, on the way to their destination. The large transport was called a monument and was occupied by rival mining organizations that would sabotage one another's affairs. Though Qui-Gon advised Kenobi that the situation did not require Jedi intervention and that they should remain neutral, Obi-Wan involved himself in the investigation of a theft that had placed him on the side of the disagreement. During a pirate attack on the ship, Qui-Gon was gravely wounded. Fighting the pirates and Kenobi had, f had led the miners in repelling the attack. After the pirates had been fought off, Jin, concerned about Kenobi's state of mind due to the brutality of the battle, asked him if he had felt fear or anger during the struggle. Obi-Wan admitted that he had felt both. However, what drove him to kill the pirates was neither emotion, but the protection of the miners on the ship, and the, their deaths were lamentable. This surprised Qui-Gon, who had expected the same anger and fear that caused Xanatos to fall might rear its head again in a new student, but did not seem to manifest in Kenobi, despite his baser emotions. The ship encountered other problems between the rival miners, and due to Qui-Gon's injuries, he had been forced to work more closely with the young Obi-Wan, who repeatedly asked Jin to take him on as an apprentice. Yet Jin continued to refuse, despite pitying the boy. 
After an eventful transit, the pair finally arrived on Bandamir, where Jin was welcomed and given a note signed by Xanatos, implying he was also on the planet. Kenobi was assigned as part of the Jedi Agricorps to a replanting mission, while Qui-Gon was tasked with mediating a conflict between rival mining operations and the planetary government. To his surprise, Xanatos came as the ambassador of Offworld, the interloping operation. Xanatos surprised Qui-Gon with his friendliness and admitting that he had made an error as a Jedi and found new meaning and change since joining Offworld. Xanatos was exceedingly cordial, even with the rival miners and planetary government, though Jin did not trust him or the company he worked for, often assuming his former apprentice was behind accidents that appeared to be sabotage. Qui-Gon later discovered that Xanatos was in fact the owner and head of Offworld, and that he had been plotting to take over the planet by gaining the trust of and undermining the local government. Jin confronted his former pupil, who admitted the truth and then attacked his former mentor with his lightsaber that he had kept all these years. During their duel, Xanatos used a second lightsaber that Jin recognized as Kenobi's, revealing that Xanatos had the boy kidnapped, forcing Qui-Gon to retreat from the battle to rescue the boy, but not before taking back his lightsaber. The Master successfully rescued Obi-Wan and explained his past relationship to Xanatos. The two Jedi set off to find Xanatos, who had lured them into a mine, where he had set a trap intent on killing them both by detonating a built-up explosive gas and trapping the Jedi inside. To Qui-Gon's astonishment, Kenobi offered to kill himself by detonating an explosive collar he had been forced to wear during his kidnapping, and that they had not yet had time to disarm. The smaller explosives would spare Qui-Gon's life and give him a means of escape. Jim was impressed with the selflessness and bravery of the boy, and even accidentally called him his Padawan, while devising an alternative escape by using the Force. The two Jedi escaped the predicament, only to stumble across a much greater, more sinister plan. Xanatos was using his resources as head of the off-world mining operation. He had rigged highly destructive ion bombs across the planet's mining network, intent on destroying the whole world just to kill his former master. Dismayed but determined to stop his former Padawan, Jin and Kenobi successfully foiled the plot and alerted the local government. Xanatos escaped, however, leaving a note for his master that they would meet again. Impressed by all they had accomplished together, Qui-Gon finally relented and offered to be Obi-Wan's master, and the pair would make it their goal to stop Xanatos when they would meet him again. Lost and Found. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan began taking missions for the Council that saw them travel across the galaxy. From overseeing and securing peaceful elections and transitions of power, of planetary governments, to fighting crime syndicates. On the planet of Melita, also known as Dan, which was locked in an unceasing multi-generational civil war, Jedi Master Tall had initially been sent to the, off to the world to attempt to broker a peace. However, she was captured, and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan were dispatched to save her, and resume the attempted peace mission. The situation quickly devolved, however, and Jedi Master Tall was severely injured, forcing Yoda to recall the Jedi to Coruscant to have Master Tall treated. Despite their orders, Obi-Wan had ingratiated himself with a group of rebels to such a degree that he insisted on staying behind to fight with them. Jin ordered his pupil to leave with them back to Coruscant or leave the Jedi Order. Kenobi turned his lightsaber over to Jin, who was deeply wounded by the loss of his new apprentice, 
and left with Tal back to Coruscant. Returning to the temple, feeling betrayed once again, Jin vowed to never take another Padawan. Counseling with Yoda, Jin was informed that perhaps Kenobi was not wrong to stay in the fight, as their side had won the war and were finally putting together a functioning government. Despite this, Jin had been tasked by the council to investigate a series of thefts around the temple and had been partnered with Tal, who was still recovering from her injuries and was now permanently blind. As Tal learned to adapt without her sight, healing her physical wounds, Jin tended to the emotional wounds of the loss of Kenobi. The thefts escalated to vandalism and threats, however the perpetrator had not yet been found, putting the temple on high alert. It was eventually discovered that the chaos had been caused by a disgruntled Padawan. Shortly thereafter, Yoda had given Jin a holographic message sent from Kenobi. The situation on Melita had begun to devolve again, and forces had begun to wind up for another war. One of Kenobi's friends that he stayed behind to help protect had been killed, and with this spiraling situation, Obi-Wan pleaded with, for help with, from his former master, as he was lost and did not know what to do. Qui-Gon, feeling empathy for his wayward student and realizing he may have erred in giving his ultimatum, raced back to Melita to help his Padawan navigate the uncertain future. Jin helped Obi-Wan unravel his predicament and renegotiated a peace between the warring parties. Before departing, Obi-Wan asked if Qui-Gon would take him back as an apprentice. However, Jin was hesitant, saying that it would remain to be seen. As they prepared for their return, the pair received a distressing message. The Jedi Temple had been attacked, and an attempt was made on Master Yoda's life. They arrived to find the temple at maximum security, with roving patrols on lockdowns in effect. Movement required extensive security and identity checks, including retinal scans and biometrics. Jin and Kenobi were briefed by the Council that there had been a bombing, and the prime suspect had been the disgruntled Padawan that Jin had previously identified as the Vandal and Thief, Chun. At the same time, they put restrictions on Kenobi, as he had not yet been reinstated as Jedi, and was sent to his quarters and had limited movement around the temple. Jin undertook the investigation once again, partnered with Tal. However, his investiga- as the investigation progressed, Yoda suggested that Qui-Gon not refuse Kenobi's help should it be offered, despite the Council's ordinances. Acts of sabotage and vandalism continued. Kenobi has snuck by Temple Security to follow Jin discreetly to try and help unravel the mystery. However, Qui-Gon soon caught on that and allowed Kenobi to help him openly. The Ma- Jedi Master soon deduced that Chun had help from an outsider, and that the outsider was none other than his former apprentice Xanatos. It was soon after discovered that Chun had come from an influential family on Telos, and Xanatos had used the connection to manipulate the young Jedi. Disgruntled, Chun had also been rejected as a potential Padawan by Jin during his many visits to the temple competitions, and had found himself in league with Jin's fallen apprentice. Kenobi and Qui-Gon finally located Xanatos by the temple's water system, and the Jedi began to duel, carefully not to touch their blades to the water, as they were not waterproofed and would short out. Xanatos attempted to escape, but became trapped inside the temple with the heightened security. Kenobi soon after discovered that Xanatos had was receiving help from someone else in addition to Chun, and it was shortly discovered that Tal's assistant droid that she had been using to help her since she had been blinded had been used as a spy for Xanatos. It was discovered that Offworld Mining Corporation had been bankrupted, and the Dark Jedi sought to plunder the temple to fund the fledgling corporation and that Jin had not, in fact, been his primary target. 
though he would no doubt take his chance at killing his former master if given the opportunity. In a desperate attempt to escape, Xanatos kidnapped another Jedi apprentice and threatened her life in exchange for being allowed access to a speeder for escape. Qui-Gon and Kenobi were able to bait Xanatos and Chun out of hiding and ambush them as soon as they revealed themselves. Jin dueled his former apprentice while Chun went after their hostage, but was followed and intercepted by Obi-Wan who dueled him in turn. The Dark Jedi made his escape attempt during the duel, but Jin pursued him up to the council chamber and out a window where Xanatos leapt onto a passing air taxi making his escape. Chun, however, would be killed in his duel with Kenobi, not by Obi-Wan's hand, however. The boy lost his footing as they dueled, and he plummeted to some some rocks that ended his life, sparing Obi-Wan the trauma of killing a former Padawan, a young man himself, however, ending the duel just the same. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan quickly ran back to the temple to undo a final trap laid out by Xanatos that would have destroyed the whole temple. At the conclusion of the crisis, Obi-Wan sought to restore his status as Jedi, but instead was granted a probationary period which Obi-Wan accepted. Jin requested to the council that he be allowed to pursue his fallen apprentice, and the council advised that he not be the one to do it due to the personal risks involved because of their previous relationship. Despite the council's advice, Jin was determined to deal with Xanatos as he felt it was his responsibility to do so. Obi-Wan also offered to join Jin in the pursuit, which the council did not approve of, but relented nonetheless. And now, a word from our sponsors. Mineral extraction is dangerous work, and with high risk, you should be able to trust your contractor. Mine collapse, rock falls, and gas buildup and explosions are all common risks that can be even more dangerous with an inexperienced mining company. Offworld Mining Corporation boasts best-in-class safety ratings and rated number one for environmental impact. Note, results of environmental impacts vary. Contact your local Jetta AgriCorp for remediation. Here at Offworld Mining Corporation, we put the trust back in mining. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lores podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon. So if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores 
and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Christian. This is Jordan. And we are currently orbiting over Qui-Gon's homeworld, which is uh, yet to have a name. Uh, Indeed. At least in Legends. Question. Yes. How many Star Wars adventures start with our ship got attacked? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like almost every single one. Pretty close, yeah. <laughs> And maybe that's a bad omen because I don't want the Millennial Falcon to get attacked. To suffer the same thing. We've been attacked a couple of times. Mostly by wildlife, but I'm sure there's roving pirates and mercenaries out there looking to cash in on, on our cruddy ship. So yeah. Maybe some corgs or something. <laughs> Porgs. Yeah. Um, today we're talking about Qui-Gon Jinn. Um, what are your initial feelings towards the character? Oh, I love Qui-Gon. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> he has a decent reputation in the fan community. Um, even back when episode one got released, Qui-Gon yeah. was one of the redeem listed as one of the redeeming <laughs> qualities of the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like people po- like in retrospect say there's a lot of redeeming qualities of the Phantom Menace, almost like it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> like all the redeeming qualities seem to add up. It's like, okay, yeah. Like, Anakin's like dialogue wasn't great and um uh oh, I'm blanking on his name now. Fishy dude that's uh Jar Jar, Jar Banks. How can, <laughs> how can you forget? Yeah, no. <laughs> Darth Banks um you know obviously wasn't great, but like other than that like there's a lot of solid characters in the movie. There's a lot of like cool elements that they yeah. kind of put in lasting into elements too. Yeah. Um and Qui-Gon is one of them. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, On that note, one of the accusations that that gets leveled at episode one, um, and I think we even referenced this during our episode one review episode, um, is that episode one lacks focus and we don't know who our main protagonist is supposed to be. Um, I've heard a decent and compelling argument that Qui-Gon is actually our main character. Uh, yeah, for the Phantom Menace, um, and I've I've kind of come around to that thought. Um, maybe it speaks to the script writing of it that maybe that's not super clear, but it is. If he is indeed the main character of Episode One, it is pretty. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, kind of breaking out of the box to kill your main character at the end of the ep- uh, of the movie. Yeah. Um, spoilers for anyone that hasn't <laughs> seen seen a almost 30 year old movie now at this point i don't think if you're listening to this you you haven't, haven't seen <laughs> the phantom menace and if you haven't uh, what's what's wrong with you yeah Seriously. go watch it right yeah. now uh anyways yeah so that's that's a there's a pretty compelling argument that qui-gon is the main character of episode one which actually makes him a pretty prominent figure in our six-part movie series yeah. if he's the main character and it isn't obi-wan it isn't anakin it's actually qui-gon who's our main that's yeah that's starter. kind of an interesting thought it, to me i i always thought it was anakin that was kind of my but you don't even default. meet anakin until halfway through the movie yeah and it's true you don't really think about that like anakin comes in kind of pretty late into the film yeah. um and doesn't have like a ton of character buildup or no, even a much. ton of dialogue really no yeah, yeah. um in retrospect uh i i mean yeah like it is about him right like it's about finding the child who's gonna kick off this whole side his whole relationship with the jedi council he's he has a lot of decent amount of dialogue um yeah and i you could argue qui-gon is kind of the main character insofar as he's sort of like he discovers Anakin, right? Like even Obi-Wan is not that impressed with Anakin and, no. and kind of dismisses him. And, and yeah. d- But it's Qui-Gon who's like very insistent that they pursue this Anakin character. And um, yeah, so it, it is almost sort of like it passes the baton from Qui-Gon to Anakin yeah, in the next film, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and Obi-Wan too. 
by by that virtue yeah but yeah because then obi-wan becomes much more prominent later on as well yeah. um obviously the whole trilogy or sextilogy is about anakin but definitely Qui-Gon is one of those characters where you wish you had like a lot more story you want you you like want to know more about him if you just watch the films right yeah no absolutely which kind of rolls into the next point is a lot of this information of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's early relationship comes from a young adult uh, novel series Um, I think it's called Jedi Apprentice I'm just kind of remembering off the top of my head yeah which was like a pretty lengthy young adult series. I think it's like 12 books or something like that. Wow. Um, I remember always saying it to my school libraries because I was the key demographic or yeah. targeted audience for it. Um, and I did pick up a couple of, of, of uh, books back in the day. Yeah. Um, and they were actually pretty decent and they still hold up even a lot of times like young adult novels don't really hold up to right. an adult or a mature reader. But uh, the stories are complex enough. The character development is pretty intriguing. A lot of that we kind of went over in this episode of like Qui-Gon struggling with his own beliefs and like, is he a good master? Um, And we see a more mature, obviously a more matured Qui-Gon much later, which we'll also cover in future episodes of our podcast here. Yeah, I've always thought it's actually kind of a shame that um, Qui-Gon is or Liam Neeson is so old now. Like yeah. it, it would be awesome to have like a, se- a prequel series, to, with him. even yeah. short series, uh, you know, six episodes like they did with Kenobi or something. Yeah. Just depicting him younger. And I mean, may, they could always recast him, right? Like as he, a, as like a younger actor. Yeah. Yeah. They do, he does feature in the new Disney Jedi tales of the Jedi series. I think it's called, uh, oh, it's an animated it? series. Yeah. He features it with his relationship to, to, Dooku actually and it kind of mirrors oh, okay. what we see in Legends yeah I really like that series we'll, we'll have to do review episodes yeah, on it but it sure. does mirror that kind of like Dooku's already starting to show some darker proclivities and right. Qui-Gon is his apprentice and trying to like balance being yeah a we kind of touched on that a little bit yeah. in, the, in the scripted portion but um yeah and then obviously like Qui-Gon makes a very quick cameo in in Kenobi. Yeah. Um, at the very end. Sorry yeah. for the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you're this deep into it, yeah. just expect the Come spoilers. On. We can't we can't be warning you every time. Um, but yeah. Um. Okay. So as to the character of Qui Gon, um, he is very much like a true paladin. Like he is. This will become more evident in future episodes, but he's super a he's super talented. He's almost like the Anakin of his generation. Yeah, he's like one of the top Jedi. Um, everyone's very impressed with his abilities and skills. He ascends the ranks for relatively quickly. Um, he, again, this will be more evident later, but he is more in tune with the Force and is less worried about orthodoxy and the rules. And he's almost like a a foil to Mace Windu, which we just covered in, a, in an episode, right? right? Totally. Where the, Windu yeah, is all about the rules. Yeah. And he's a fantastic Jedi and a great Jedi. And he's like yeah. a paladin in the sense of like, he is the virtuous uh, knight to aspire to be. He's also like technically extreme, like on a technical level, like with his saber dueling and stuff. Uh, it Probably just part of his personality. Like it, that's it. Yeah, who he is where, yeah, Qui-Gon seems like a little more... Um, loose yeah like a hippie <laughs> yeah hippie jedi. unorthodox yeah. yeah i think all jedis are hippies to yeah. be honest but even more hippie than yeah. a hippie hippie for a jedi yeah uh, but yeah that's it and and again we'll get more into like the philosophy aspect in in future episodes because in this early stages qui-gon also in episode one if that's the only reference you have for him he is very much a rule breaker and unorthodox and like challenges the council constantly yep. um but he wasn't always like that either um, he, you know, as a youth, he, he wasn't afraid to break the rules. Yeah. Um, but he seemed to be much more affected by his relationships to his previous master being Dooku, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to not lead him astray, but teaching him lessons that are not orthodox, let's yeah. say, uh, you know, everyone will betray you in the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really a, a Jedi, a Jedi tenant. Nope. And than his own relationship with his his apprentices. Like he's trying to be a good Je- Jedi master and he really takes it to heart, his own failure. And he's, yeah, he's struggling more with himself and learning more than he is struggling with others. He's not fighting with others. He's fighting with himself more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, um, he, he's actually like a pretty complex character. I think, uh, uh, even, even his depiction in 
episode one. Like he, he's not just like a, he, he's someone who like struggles with himself and like is, um, is at odds with the Jedi council. Right. And like ultimately gets killed by Maul. Um, uh, he's not like this invincible Jedi Knight. Like he, he, but I don't know. There, there's sort of like this, um, philosophy with him or way that he is that like is um makes him able to find people like anakin you know and, yeah and he's more in tune with the will of the force yeah ultimately is kind of what that's yeah exactly down to. yeah um i kind of think of it as like the difference between um the law and the spirit of the law yeah right, right yeah. so like someone like mace windu reads the law to the letter yeah holds you to the to the law of the letter whereas as Qui-Gon is more of a free thinker and he's like, well, that is yeah. that really what the law intended? What was actually meant by this? Right. Yeah. And I think that's always, there's always been kind of the discussion of like, why wasn't Qui-Gon ever on the Jedi council? Right. And a lot of that is because of, he chose not to be. Yeah. Yeah. He chose not to be, but yeah. it would, which is also a pretty significant thing in and of itself. Right. Yeah. Where you're seen by your peers to be worthy of the, of the mantle. And he's like, I yeah. don't want it. Yeah. Um, well, he, yeah, he's, he's always like reluctant. I think he seems like reluctant to almost get bogged down unless you like, obviously like with Anakin, like he really believes it, but even he, he didn't really want to take on an apprentice, right? He just wanted to go do missions and, and kind of be a learn more about the force. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Although part of that I think is more to do with his hurt, um, and getting over his hurt of the failures of his, of his apprentice. Um, of Xanatos. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also funny too, cause there's a third apprentice that gets like a three second mention Femor, who's yeah, yeah. very much dismissed and like, <laughs> Oh yeah, he, he became, you know, he Qui-Gon taught him, he graduated and we never look at him again. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny. Uh, some of that comes from Canon conflicts early on where they disputed different works disputed Qui-Gon's first apprentice if it was Xanatos or another guy so this yeah. was kind of the reconciliation is yeah he trained him to Jedi knighthood and then we don't really ever interact with him later yeah for sure uh, but he's out there somewhere I'm sure unless he got order 66 <laughs> um anyways uh the other thing too about Qui-Gon's ability is that he's the first one to become a force ghost and actually learn these deep secrets of the force he's the first one uh, within like the group of Jedi that we know from his era. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he like he goes to the the Force world at the right. center of the galaxy. He yeah, gets yeah. taught this deep knowledge. Like he he teaches Yoda and Obi Wan. He teaches Yoda this. this oh, okay. Yeah. This skill. So again, that speaks to Qui Gon's ability and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, natural proclivity for the Force. Yeah. Um, I had another thought in that line, and it totally just escaped me. But despite all that, um. So we do see Qui-Gon also, I know I said earlier that he's not quite like the rogue that he becomes later, but we do see A, through his first tutelage through Dooku, um, kind of his exposure to unorthodox thinking, but also in a lot of his missions and stuff, he does encounter a lot of other Jedi groups and Force users that aren't Jedi. So I think that also contributes to him broadening his views of the force right is it strictly yeah. light and dark is there a little more nuance there yeah um, there's a whole discussion about great jedi we can have but we're not gonna have it now um, yeah 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 i mean definitely the uh it's a lot like the catholic church right like the jedi needed to be reformed <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of listeners that might dispute with you <laughs> on that point but yes <laughs> um yeah. Hey man, like Luke's new order, he let He's a reformer. Get yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, he nailed his new Jedi code to, yeah. the, to, to the wall of the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Um anyways, Qui-Gon. Uh his relationship with Xanatos also is a little bit of a kind of foreshadowing of Obi-Wan's own relationship with Anakin, right? Yeah, totally. Classic master apprentice, apprentice falls to the dark side. Um it has led to fan theories suggesting that had Qui-Gon survived his duel with Maul, he would have been the best teacher for Anakin. He would have learned, known how to deal with Anakin's mm. free thinking too. Yeah, something yeah. more in line with Qui-Gon rather than Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, and he would not have fallen uh, to the dark side. So it could have been 
the will of the force that Qui-Gon actually train Anakin, the chosen one. And you have the smoother progression and inheritance of knowledge and wisdom. And then Anakin actually fulfills his role as a chosen one without the whole side quest of turning into Darth Vader and destroying half the galaxy. Um, you know, I've always, um, I've always kind of thought, I kind of wish it maybe even in like a force ghost, um, uh, experience we could see Qui-Gon and Anakin interact with one another yeah I uh, just saw because like uh, Qui-Gon was like a very big part of Anakin's life like in- incredibly um, instrumental in changing the course of his like entire yeah. destiny without and, and you kind of wonder like uh, like I wonder what Anakin's feelings of Qui-Gon were as he like even though he didn't know him for that long but like as he like got older like what did he think of him and what were his thought did he like was he glad that Qui-Gon found him or did he hate Qui-Gon for yeah, because sending him on this? In theory Anakin yeah. could blame everything like his loss of his mother and all of these other yeah, tragedies right. on yeah. the fact that he got taken from his life, right? Right. Um, maybe he would have found another way to escape slavery had he gone his own path. I suspect, uh, and maybe in one of our Anakin episodes, we might uncover kind of more of that, what that relationship might be. I, yeah. s- I think there might be some Because they're both material. Ghosts, right? Yeah. In, in, the, in the future. So I wonder if they're like interacting with Yeah, that leads to a lot of other <laughs> questions though about like how other people might feel about Anakin. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's it's a whole meme. <laughs> Anakin the Force Ghost yeah. walking amongst the Jedi that he, he comes murdered. comes the Jedi heaven and they're yeah. like, how did you get here? <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Just a Hayden Christian walking in. <laughs> What's going on? Missed you all. <laughs> no yeah. hard feelings. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> all y'all that I killed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. That's all the real like in-depth stuff. Just a couple of notes on Qui-Gon's name. Um, Qui-Gon comes from Qigong or Qigong, which is a meditation movement and breathing practice similar to Tai Chi. And the last name Jin is Arabic for genie or tutelitary spirit. So yeah. like a guiding spirit. Or, so he's kind of like the, the mystic guy. It's actually spelled guide. with a D. It's like Dijin. Jin. But you, yeah. yeah, you say it, Jin. Yeah. Um, actually, the Arabic gyms are super well, creepy. <laughs> the concept of it actually evolved after because um, a lot of proto-Arabic religions, jinns were just like good, bad, neutral spirits. Right. Yeah. But then after Islam, they all became evil spirits. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that's where... Now, jinn is more like if you're a practicing Muslim today, jinn is more like a devil. Yeah, it's basically... Or a demon. demon. Yeah. 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 Whereas like before it was more of a... The word it was just a spirit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was kind of like an animism, right? Like, right. There are lots of spirits everywhere. Yeah. Um, so I think it refers to like the pre-Islamic Arabic right. uh, jinn. But yeah, Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah. pretty cool guy. Totally. I uh, just want to remind everyone to make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord. Uh, if you need to, just message us and we'll try and uh, send out that Discord server link. Maybe we'll make some social media posts with updated links because... I hate Discord. <laughs> just for the we record. get bombed with I messages Discord. every day. <laughs> How it? I just I can't even with Discord. Anyways, <laughs> um, you can also support us on Patreon, uh, Patreon.com forward slash Star Lures uh, for what two three US dollars a month. Uh, you can get all the all the paywalled content, all the bonus episodes that we do. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, reach out to us. We love to hear, uh, fan comments, theories, disagreements. Uh, we like to see your star Wars collections, your star Wars cosplay, any of that. Send us uh, pictures. Photos, photos yeah. of that. We'll, we'll repost them. Like, um, we yeah, you be okay. Like, let us know if you're okay yeah, with yeah. us sharing it on our social media. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, uh, special yeah. thanks to our new patrons oh yeah and a special thanks to our um our new patrons zach vincent and luke thank you very much it helps to keep the lights on with the show helps Helps keep the millennial falcon functioning (laughs) yeah just barely (laughs) (laughs) we need interstellar gas money guys yeah um 
But uh, yeah, also give us a five star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, both really of those, helps the yeah, algorithm. Helps us reach more people. Follow us on YouTube. You can get subscribe on YouTube too. We got a little bit of a following on YouTube now too. So, all right, cool. Peace. <laughs>